Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Hello, everyone. This is Liz. This is Nick. Liz, I'm Liz. Liz, I'm Liz. I'm Nick, though. (laughs) Elizabeth. (laughs) Does anyone ever call you Elizabeth? When they're cross... Yeah, that's when people call me Nicola. I know if... if Your mum calls you Nicola all the time. No, but she says it in a certain way when she's cross. Nicola. Nicola. There's a real emphasis. And I have been engrossed in the Edward Enninfall memoir. Now, if you are not obsessed with Vogue as I am, you might not know he's been the editor of Vogue for about five years. I mean, that's me. (laughs) That's me. And I was quite dubious when he first took over. But I think he has done some very good things with the magazine. Like he had key workers on the cover. I thought that was very good. And he had Judy Dench. I love Judy. Who's very old on the cover. I love her. And he's had reviews of his memoir have all been talking about him and how he was an immigrant from Ghana and the racism he encountered as a child. So he got very good reviews. It's all been about him, really, not so much what he's done with the magazine. He had the adulatory cover of the Sunday Times magazine. Then he had the cover of the Observer magazine. That's like the double whammy. Did he put himself on his own cover? No, but if I'd stayed as editor of Marie Claire, I would have been on the cover loads. It's me. Hello. Hello. It's me. (laughs) Hey, my magazine, me on the cover. I'm probably not unique in that I had my photo taken for the editor's letter and I had it airbrushed. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. If you can be airbrushed, airbrush. But what they haven't really addressed with him. He keeps saying, well, I'm a black man and it's unusual for me to be editor of Vogue. But, I mean, there are lots of black people in the fashion industry and there always have been. You know, if you look at Andrew Leon Talley at Vogue, when I worked at the Sunday Times magazine, the fashion editor was Michael Roberts, who was a very flamboyant black man. And he also says he's working class. Well, there's lots of working class people working in fashion. Kate Moss is working class. Alexander McQueen yeah. was the son of a taxi driver. I don't know why we're sort of so hung up on it. We're almost, I find, quite defensive. When, Like, I'm working class, obviously. You, you may not be able to tell. Yeah, but you work, but... You don't work in fashion. There's this idea. I actually think, you know, and John Galliano was an immigrant. You know, I actually think fashion is very forgiving yeah. of colour and of class and of your sexuality. But didn't, there's one point here that no one sort of brings up with him, and I will bring in Hadley Freeman because she's written a brilliant piece in Unheard, um, and I tried to get her to work for me once, but she said no. Anyway, she's written a very intelligent piece in Unheard. Um, When I went to London Fashion Week a year ago, and I took the reader who donated to our fundraiser, 
And I sent you pictures and I said, well, it's all very diverse. There's lots of Asian models and black models and models you don't know what sex they are. I said, but they're all thin and they're all beautiful. Yeah. That hasn't changed. So he hasn't changed that. They're all young and they're all beautiful. He didn't get a really minging ambulance driver and put her on put her on the cover, did he? No, no when no, he did the key workers. No. 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 They were all quite beautiful, weren't they? So that hasn't really changed. But the main point Hadley Freeman makes is why is a man editing Vogue and he's not some downtrodden bloke living on a housing estate in Hackney who didn't have an education? He's actually a member of the fashion aristocracy. There's a fantastic quote. I'm going to read it to you here. She says, when the New York Times asked Edward for the names of five friends they could contact when they wrote a profile of him, his list was Beyonce, Rihanna, Naomi, Imam, Oprah, Winfrey. (laughs) So it's keeping it low profile then. Like my friends would be you, <laughs> Isabel, Mini Puppy, Gracie, Sue Needleman. Sue Needleman. Sue Needleman. I'm sure we'd all do you proud. So Hadley writes, when I used to insist that fashion reflected the times as much as film or art or literature, people would laugh. Of what possible connection to the common man could a twelve thousand pound dress by Armani have? But you see, ne- people. This is me talking now, not Hadley. People never say that of a Ferrari, do they? No. Well, actually, why are you writing about a Ferrari? Why are you driving a Ferrari? But people always say that about an expensive dress. But I think I think that's quite a fair point, though, because I mean, I don't bother reading Vogue and looking at dresses in Vogue because there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to afford them. No, but there's some m- people can, no, some and it's a huge can. industry, and it is aspirational and I don't think there's anything wrong with a few people being able to buy an expensive dress but don't say it you're a lesser person than a man who buys a Ferrari no 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 but if you've got the money buy what you want whether it's a Ferrari or, or an expensive dress buy what you want anyway so Hadley goes on at times I questioned this myself you know what worth is a a 12,000 pound dress but the coverage around Edward Enninfall, you know, with his book coming out, takes it as a given that he is overhauling the culture through Vogue, producing a, quote, massively visible new idea for what Britishness could mean, as he puts it in his book. Enninfall's Vogue is only a force of good, whereas everyone else's is toxic. Maybe, or maybe the only way people can take women's fashion seriously is if the person in charge is a man. See, I think that's a very good point. Mm. He sort of thinks he knows better. And how does he know what women want? I don't really think a man should be editing Vogue. I don't. I don't know. I don't don't think I've got a problem with it. But then I don't see any reason why anyone of any gender shouldn't do any job. I I just don't. As long as he's got the experience, he's got the knowledge. I think men, I mean, we've got so many male designers that do a fantastic job dressing women. I yes, think I think that's exclusive. different though. If you're a male designer, that's you know you're 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 an artist in a way. That's your vision. The job of an editor is to distill what's out there and communicate with your female audience. And the female audience is are the readers of Vogue. You don't get yeah. many that many men reading Vogue. I kind of think it should have been a woman, really. Mm. But you've been reading a book by one of my favourite authors. I have, I have, Maggie O'Farrell, who has just brought out the marriage portrait. 
and it is phenomenal. You are going to love it. It's absolutely phenomenal. I wonder, can this woman write a rubbish book? I just don't think it's possible because every time she brings out a book... She's written one that I didn't really... No, she's written two. I think My Lovers Love Her and it was about a sort of ghost and the disappearance of Esme something or other. Yeah. That I didn't like that. Yeah. I loved I Am, I Am, I Am. I thought that was yeah. excellent. Um, but this book you will love. It's another historical fiction one. Um, loosely based on a real person, um, the Duchess not Shakespeare. Her last one was about Shakespeare's wife. Wasn't no, it? this one um, is based on uh, the Duchess of Ferrara and her story, her very short life. And what it, country does she it live is, in? She's from Florence, and she basically. I'm not going to tell too much about because I don't want to read for anybody. But basically, her sister's supposed to have this arranged marriage. It's in the 1500s. The sister dies, so she's willed in as the replacement and she's forced to marry this man and she becomes very scared that he's going to kill her. It's 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 beautifully done. Um, the whole Renaissance thing historically is, is beautifully written. It's intelligent, it's captivating, it's worrying, it's everything. And there's, it starts off with, with um, Lucretia as, as a young girl and her father has got brings a tiger over wants a tiger and he's got lions in the basement in cages and oh, there's, this, there's some real heartbreaking poor lions i know it's really heartbreaking and you sort of as an animal lover you you read that with your eyes sort of half closed but she's a she's very connected with animals and a big animal lover and it's just an absolutely fantastic book. Um, I know Hamlet is the one that people really rave about. I would say it is, it is equally as good. It's very much like her earlier works. Writers need to be given enough chance to develop mm. as novelists. And they aren't so much nowadays. If you don't have a hit, you're, you're put out to pasture. No. And this, this book feels, it's, it's so deep. You sort of, you're so in it. I mean, I, I, I literally, I was listening to it on Audible and it's really well narrated on Audible. The woman does a fantastic job. And literally, I fell asleep listening to it because it's so good. I kept thinking, I'll just do one more chapter. I'll just do one more chapter. It's one of those. And it's so poetic. The descriptions are so amazing. You're just there. You're there. You feel what the character feels. You fall in love with this character. You're scared of this character. She does it just beautifully and i'm not particularly a historical fiction person. no i'm not really although i did love wolf hall yeah i loved wolf hall and i'd say you know you felt you were yeah. in london during the plague yeah absolutely you felt the blade on the back of your neck didn't no, you it reading was, that it was absolutely fantastic um it's not normally my thing though and and i literally couldn't put it down so I would definitely say read that one. And that leads me to the other thing I've been doing, which is also connected with Married, which is the wonderful Married at First Sight UK. Been watching that. It's been on about a week, hasn't it? It has. It has been on about a week. And what I love about it is not it's not just the concept of marrying a stranger, but the, the issues that develop. I find it so interesting to watch the relationships from the outside and the way people speak to each other and the way they interact. It's just that human dynamic that I find really interesting. And Whitney. Whitney. But oh, she keeps Whitney. going on about, she keeps rolling her eyes and 
you know, oh, this is a big... Why did she do the show if she went in it, into it with that intention? She, uh, she's just awful. And I find in general on these programmes, the women are worse than the men, much yeah. worse. They're horrible. But there's been sort of three dynamics. The men sort of just look stunned, don't they? No, I don't think they know what's hit them, to be honest. I mean, there's sort of been about three or four things that have really got me this, this week. And one was the, the guy, one of the guys is a stripper professionally. Uh, very beautiful. And the girl's got such a problem with it. And I'm saying, why? Why Why has she got so... It's just a job. And it's all about him compromising, him giving up his career and him him giving up what he does and being questioned on it and his morals being questioned. And it's just a job. And we don't do that so much now with women, do we? Why are we doing it with him? And so, the mother keeps saying to him, well, you're supposed to support and look after my daughter. Well, I would have thought you were supposed to, supposed to support and look after each other. Yeah, and it's kind of like all these sort of assumptions. I mean, I remember, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, when, when Martin's nan was terminally ill and I got a stripper for her. Uh, but he was just a lovely guy. He turned up, you know, he'd give her chocolates, he'd give her roses. She's 80, you know, she's in her late 80s, rubbing baby oil on him. His, his girlfriend's in the car waiting for him and then they're going out to dinner. It's kind of like, you've got a choice, haven't you? It's just a job. He's going in, he's pulling his clothes but off. But you know they say going. the experts team them up and everything. You, I sort of don't feel they're being thorough enough because surely she'd have written, I don't want to go out with a stripper. No. Or... I don't want to go out with someone who lives with his parents or I don't want to go out with someone who's already got children. They don't seem... I think they're, they're all so judgmental. I think they're deliberately not being thorough enough to create drama because yeah. if you're both happy together, well, there's no drama, is there? No, and the next drama that got me as well was the lesbian couple and I love both of them. I think they're well-matched, really nice couple, but one of them's a vegan. And it is the funniest thing because as, as a vegan, I've had this as well before, is... People say, oh, vegans try and convert you. Vegans go, well, how do you know a vegan's a vegan? Because they'll tell you, you know, and all this business. And actually, this girl was quite happily eating her scrambled tofu, eating her fake bacon, not mentioning it, not saying anything about it. And and her wife was just so adversarial about it. Well, what if I wanted you to eat meat? I feel you're going to convert me. And she kept going on. She felt that this girl was going to try and convert her to being a vegan. And she said, don't tell me about the animals. I don't want to know. It'll upset me. Yeah, I saw that bit. Did you see that one? And it's kind of like... But that's how most people are. Yeah, and it is how most people, which is why I found it so interesting to sort of watch it and not be in it. But the only person going on about being a vegan was, was the girl that was worried about being converted. It wasn't the vegan. So it's kind and of she like... she looks more like a vegan than the other one. Yeah. But it's kind of like, if you're worried about being converted, just, just ignore it. The girl's not putting it down your throat. Just, just ignore it. Why are you bringing it up? Do you know what I'm looking forward to tonight? I'm not even lying. You know dinner? what's in my diary? Dinner? No, not dinner. This poked me earlier in the stomach and said you're looking very bloated. <laughs> It's not dinner. Swollen. <laughs> Swollen. Um, it's not dinner. It is the Apple Keynote. I actually have it in my diary. The to new watch Apple it. phone. Yeah, I'm actually planning to sit down and watch it tonight like I would a film. It's my But pleasure. if you get the is it the Apple fourteen? Yeah. If you get the new Apple fourteen and you're climbing up a mountain, which isn't likely unless you're stupid, it 
and your battery runs out and it gets in a pool of water, it will send a satellite signal for you to be rescued. See, that's see, Apple Watch does stuff, doesn't it? Like that, if you fall over, not it, like the call an ambulance and stuff like that. Magnificent, absolutely magnificent. When I fell off Swirly, well, she threw me off actually. You didn't call anyone, you were just concerned about catching the horses. Well. And I was going, I can't breathe, help, help. No, but I caught the horses, took them back and then come back with a car to rescue you. But I wanted a helicopter. Yeah, we didn't We didn't have a helicopter. It was, it was North Yorkshire. Um, I just need to point something. Can I just stop now? We've just got a message. I've just got a message saying the Queen's died. No. Yeah. Yeah. Who gave you the message? Tina's just texted me and said the Queen's died. Oh, I hope died Harry got afternoon. there in time. She died this afternoon. Isn't that awful? I hope Harry got there in time. It's just awful, isn't it? Apparently a helicopter landed, so maybe that was Harry. That's you know, I've been watching it. Heartbreaking. We're recording this on Thursday, so it's the 8th of September. That's going to go down in history, isn't it? It's just, do you know what? I mean, she... I've she, been watching it since midday when it. they had the announcement, and I have literally been in floods of tears. And it just brought it all back, my mum dying, because they were the same generation. They both lived through the war. They never complained. They were just sweet little women. And my mum had a little Mrs. Pepperpot bun. And I remember racing to be at her bedside. And it's just the most awful thing. And she's like everyone's grandmother, isn't she? I honestly, truthfully... I could sit and cry. I feel sick. I feel because my whole life, I'm 52. My whole life, the Queen has been the Queen, yeah. and she has just been so dignified, so graceful. I mean, and when you look at her past and all the stuff she did in the war, and she was a mechanic, and she was still riding until recently. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel so shocked because she just welcomed the new Prime Minister two days ago. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just unbelievable isn't I it? think all we I think all we have to be grateful for is that she had a loving husband which many of us don't have and she didn't have this sort of decline with dementia Alzheimer's being in a care home not knowing who she is she was pretty compassmentous until well she was still the last working, moment wasn't she wasn't just she? amazing I mean yeah. absolutely incredible woman on every single level I mean, there's never been any scandal about her. She's 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 everything that you'd want to be, really, isn't she? She's she's she was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. For her whole life, she was beautiful. Yeah. She I was remember dignified. I went to an exhibition of all her clothes um, at Buckingham Palace, and all the Norman Hartnell dresses, and she was actually a style icon. I mean. Yeah. Impeccable. And do you remember I interviewed Stuart Parvin, who's made most of her dresses most recently? Yeah. And, you know, her love of colour. She always... Nothing was creased. She had weights in the bottom of her skirt, so it never rode up. And I remember when Grace... Well, looking at pictures, I wasn't alive then, but Grace Kelly got married. She wore this big picture hat getting off the yacht. You couldn't see her face. The Queen never did that. You could always see... The Queen's face. Just and 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 like you say, this colour. I mean, the last outfit I saw him was this beautiful teal, and and a bright yellow outfit. She just 
knew exactly what to do. She knew exactly what to say. She was just... The royal family will never be the same again. No. I mean, we have lost an absolute icon. I just, I, I just can't believe it. No, it's shocking. I, I just... I Honestly, I just can't believe it. After seeing her a couple of days ago... And, yeah, she, she looked like a 96-year-old woman, but, yeah. but beautiful. And then for her to die so suddenly after, you know, being so visible, I, just, yeah. I, I honestly can't believe it. I think, really, if they take any comfort from anything, it's that she didn't have a long period no. where she went into decline. She didn't know who she was. No. She lost her identity. You know, that's the best best way to go isn't it after a, yeah. an amazing life when you've changed so many people's lives and she, she was just there for us like during the pandemic we all watched her didn't we yeah, we'll we meet did. again we did we, we watched her we followed her we respected her and and i think you know there's there's been no, a I... lot of controversy about various members of the royal family and, and various things that have happened and she still held them all together. Yeah. She still held her family together. And But look at her at the funeral, Prince Philip sitting there on her own, yeah. wearing a mask. She was an example. And in Downing Street, they were all partying the night before. Yeah. You know? Um, absolutely, absolutely horrendous. It's a shame, really, that we don't have somebody, because I was a real fan of Tony Blair, Met him many, many times. So charming. A bit like a snake, really. He just charmed you. And yeah. Tony Blair was just a very American sort of PM. He had sort of stuff in his ear. So when you met him, he knew what your name is. Yeah. And you thought you remember, but of course he didn't. He'd say, hello, Liz, because that's because someone was telling him. Yeah. But when he came out after Diana died and gave that speech in his constituency... She's the people's princess. She'll remain in our heart. We need someone like that now yeah, we to do. reassure us and hold her hands. We do. We do. I mean, she's had such a difficult couple of years, hasn't she? She's lost her husband. She's had issues with her, with her children and her grandchildren. She's but I think really, you know, like with my dad, I think all my mum wanted was to be with my dad. Yeah must have been so difficult for her you know i mean can you imagine if you're in that situation you're everything is so public you've got no real privacy your close family your husband your children it, it must be so important for you to have that unit of people yeah. you can trust yeah and the people that are genuinely close yeah. to you and to lose any of them from you know from death or moving different country or whatever it must be such a loss but I remember not long after my dad died, I watched Titanic. Yeah. And you know that scene at the end where they're both young and beautiful again, Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio yeah, and yeah. them on the stairs. And I cried and cried and cried. Yeah. Because I thought, that's going to be my mum and dad. They're yeah, going to yeah. be together again and they're going to be young and he's going to be handsome and she's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Um, so it really got me that scene in Titanic. Yeah. And I do believe that they will be together again, yeah. the Queen and Prince Philip. I d yeah, absolutely. And I think whether you're a, a royalist, whether you're not a royalist, whatever, nobody could not respect and love the Queen. I really I really think it's impossible. I think she was amazing. So I am so sorry to hear that. 
I just, I really wanted it not to be true. When I saw that text, no. I really, really wanted it to not be true. You can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Shall we move on to this week's column? But unfortunately, this week's column, the headline, is the funeral part two. Yeah. So this is me at the funeral. Shall I just read it? Yeah. So he sort of told me to go, really. You're not wanted here. You work for the Daily Mail. We don't like you. So mean after inviting you. So I kept. I was driving home and I didn't want to keep checking my phone for an apology on the long drive home. So I put my phone in my boot. I'd already been stopped once by the police, twice in one day, would doubtless flag me up on some central computer. I didn't speed. I finally got home and I relieved the dog sitter. Someone had been sick in a corridor. I hoped it wasn't a human. My handmade Welsh blanket had been chewed. Teddy, the new collie, had weed on my VIP kitchen bin. All of this despite the back door being wide open and constant company. I got changed, removed my makeup, and only then did I check my phone. It's the same when I bought a lottery ticket. I wait weeks before I check to see if I've won. I can enjoy a brief spell of hope. Browse right move, dream of a different life. Nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. That's your favourite thing now, isn't it? The well, there is nothing. That's the, when we were talking the other day, there's nothing, nothing, nothing. That's the nothing. new thing. Nothing. This is why I hate self-help books. They always proclaim you should refuse to be a victim, that you should not allow people to treat you badly. But all I did was turn up at a funeral with a bouquet of yellow roses and didn't even know the person who died. I hadn't realised his friends and family would object to me being unvaccinated, make me stand at the back of the chapel near the door. The road was so noisy I couldn't hear anything. I was just going to bed with Monty Don on iPlayer. I love Monty Don. You wish. When car lights washed across my ceiling... Four collies sat up straight, ears pricked. I froze Monty. Monty, hang on. Wait a minute. He was mid-propagating and I peered out the window, overlooking the courtyard. It was him. My poor, oppressed brain's first thought was not, well, he can get lost, he was rude, but instead, oh no, I've taken my makeup off. Yeah, I, I think I'll probably think the same. I'd done eight, nine hours in a car, been too depressed to have a bath. I considered giving myself a quick hose. I quickly put my hearing aids in. I could hear knocking, but there was no sign. I realised he was banging on the wrong door. Imagine opening your door late at night to find a pop star on the step. My neighbour would have thought he was an episode of Noel's house party. (laughs) I ushered him inside. He was wearing shorts. Four tongues, none of them mine, licked his knees. Thank the Lord. I would think you've really gone to new levels of desperation. Why did you say I wasn't wanted? Then follow me home. I don't know. It's the West London gang. They all hate you. Listen, I said, a left-wing newspaper published a foie gras recipe not many moons ago. 
I spotted ham on the buffet at the wake. You can't be left wing and eat pigs. It's been proven pigs are more intelligent than your grandchildren. You see, uninvited conflict in my tiny hallway. I was desperate to find out if the new potatoes were ready. This is on Monty, of course. Of course. And learn how to plant up a window box that gets no sun. The virtual world is so much nicer than the real one, isn't it, though? You can, and you can freeze it, you can rewind it, or you, you can, can turn just it off. be immersed in it, and it's just Monty with his dibbing stick. I don't want to think about Monty's dipping stick. Thank you all the same. I was on my way north anyway, he said. Well, that's... that's oh, charming. That, that's charming, isn't it? I was on my way past anyway. Charming, yeah. You probably want him to lose my, use my loo. I don't let men use my loo. Dirty, hairy beasts. <laughs> all hands. <laughs> so that's just like a Barbara Cartland novel. Anyway, then he headed upstairs. Oh, no, hang on. Too late! Why is there a glass of wine by your bed, he said. Why not? You've driven me to it, I said. (laughs) Why shouldn't you have a glass of wine by your bed? Why? Why? Critical bastard. Why? Sod off. Block him. Shall we block him? Block him. Block him again. Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. We have, uh, from Marie, hi Liz, well we have a new Prime Minister, have you ever considered going into politics? Well, funnily enough you should say that Marie, but I have, because I wanted to become a candidate for the Animal Welfare Party, and I did all the applications and everything, but if you've been a bankrupt you're not allowed to be elected. That's so not fair because that's given you even more experience and understanding of what other people go through. Yeah. That's that's just not fair. You're not allowed to. No, I, I think that's absolutely wrong because you're actually taking away and invalidating someone's experience that could be useful to their constituents. Hmm, not fair. So would you consider it in the future? No, because you've always been labelled a bankrupt. So it doesn't pass when your bankruptcy passes? Or no. Anything. That's horrendous. That's awful. And because uh, obviously none of their politicians do anything worse than that. No, obviously not. Obviously not. Okay, so moving on, we've got Adam. Who says, I didn't even. I went to a very posh work party on Tuesday evening. You did? You look very nice. I hired a stylist. I had loads of treatments beforehand. I booked a hotel and they only had a large room. £500, train fare, taxes. I didn't claim it because I'm not an MP. No. And I have to say, people do less preparation for their wedding. But I always like to... I feel you're representing who you work for. You're you're representing, you are the face. No, you you looked amazing. Of the newspaper. You looked amazing. You did far more effort than I would if I was getting married. I was wearing Kim Kardashian's knickers. You were. She sent me a picture and she said, look, it's holding my tummy in. She has no tummy. I have a stress fat tummy. Well, 
I think, would they stretch around me and my and my swollenness? I have a stress factor on me, I do. I've got fat knees as well. Yeah, I think your definition of fat, my definition of fat is somewhat different. <laughs> somewhat. So we've also got Adam who says, listen Adam. Here, Adam, you are both going through a lot of stuff in your life right now. So if you could go back to a different time in your life, when would it be and why? Do you want to go first? Yeah, Nicola. I, yeah, I, I'm Nicola. Nicola. I'm Nicola. Nicola. I would probably think I would go back to when I was sort of around 16, 17, and I was doing my A-levels, and my mum used to run a Greek catering business, and I used to waitress at, at the weddings, and it was it was really hard work. They'd go on till 3 o'clock in the morning, then we'd be back up the next morning laying the tables for the next wedding because it would be one Saturday and one Sunday quite a lot. But it was literally the best time because when you're waitressing at these weddings, it's like all the people book, say, you know, like all the families book the weddings with you. And so you got to know everybody and you got to know all the bands that came. So you you kind of got to know everyone. But you'd end up, you'd be knocking the dinners out. And then once the dinners were all cleared away, you'd be dancing with everybody. You'd be up on the tables it was like having a party every weekend. It was fantastic. So we really enjoyed it. It was really hard work, but I loved it. And I would go back to that time and then I could start my life again. I could change the trajectory and start my life again. But I started with a party at a Greek wedding. Until you've been to a Greek wedding, you haven't lived. I've been to a Jewish wedding. I went to a Jewish wedding with Russell, the movie star. Oh, the movie star. The most see, handsome man see, in the got, world. Hang on, we've got the rock star, we've got the movie star. What are we missing? The fat lump. <laughs> I would go back go on. to April 2006. That's specific. It might be 2007, but I think it was 2006. I'd been on a holiday in Africa with my husband and he confessed to having another affair with a work experienced person with a very low forehead and I chucked him off the island and he got a private plane to go off the island and it nearly didn't take off because he was such a fat lump and I remember having it wasn't easy to phone my bitter, agent you? you're not bitter it, it wasn't easy to phone my agent from a very remote archipelago that turtles we watched turtles give birth it was fantastic oh. But I managed to get a call through to my agent and he said, oh, your husband's just sold his story to Grazia. And I was fuming. I was fuming. I could imagine. And I got the pl- my lonely plane home and I got the taxi back to my beautiful house and he'd moved out. And while he was moving out, because I said, you've got to leave my house, and he cut up my credit card and put it in the hall because he used my credit card. And while he was moving out, I got H, my cleaner who still loves me. She still sends me WhatsApps every day. Lovely age. To supervise them. I said, make sure the cats aren't upset. Cats get very upset if you start moving books and stuff, as we know with Snoopy in the fast service. Yeah. And I got home with my case and he'd gone. And I thought, thank God his collection of trainers has gone and he's gone and he's all his skin cells. I would go back to that moment... And just revel in my single life in my beautiful house. I would go back to that moment. 
Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit melplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.